Good afternoon, morning, or night, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to episode four of the Conversion Therapy Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jordan. And I'm your other co-host, Justin. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye. I had a brain for it. I don't know what I was supposed to say. <laughs> Today, we're going to be discussing uh, hopefully four new topics, unlike last week. Unlike last week's two, Unlike barely week's two, two because of Justin's rambling. But that wasn't uh, that, okay. Yeah, that was kind of true. That's a conversation for another day. Let's have it. <laughs> Should we jump right into there? Let's do it. So okay. the first topic we're gonna go over is kind of more. It's not. It's 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 been going on for a little while. So um, back in I think it was August twenty fifth. Yeah, August twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Um. There was a shooting in Kenosha, Washington, or Washington, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, this was basically a protest that was centered around the killing of Jacob Blake, um, or the police shooting of Jacob Blake. So I believe this was held. Jacob Blake survived. Yes, but he was paralyzed. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, I believe this was held at like a, or like where it was held. There was like a gas, or not a gas. Sorry, a car. Um, Use like car. dealership dealership yeah. right yeah um dealership um but yeah so there was a shooting by a 17 year old by the name of kyle rittenhouse um who was a illinois kid and he shot and killed two protesters and injured another um apparently there was like an unknown fourth person that he shot at but he didn't i, I guess none of his bullets hit because they said in the report that he fired eight bullets uh, four of which were toward the first person that died. Uh, I think two of which were toward the second person who died. And then one of each were to uh, the one that he injured. And then I guess the one he missed one to the guy, to the unknown person that they haven't come out and said who it was. But anyway, um, yeah, that was back in 2020. Um, I actually like kind of like the case. I kind of forgot about it. I actually, I literally like kind of just got, I guess, I don't know, time just passed and I didn't realize, I mean, obviously I still remembered it as soon as it came back because uh, his trial started on the 1st of November, um, which is two days ago. I'll clarify the day that we're filming right now because that's kind of important because apparently this is supposed to be an estimated two-week trial. Um, so we have as much information as we have right now. Obviously, when this episode releases, there will be more information. There might even be a conclusion, but we're just going off of what we have right now. But, um, yeah, this is basically just a trial to determine if, uh, I guess, the intent of which he killed, if it was self-defense. And so we're going to, the way that I, I talked to Jordan about this off screen, I think the best way to kind of conduct this is to um, kind of say all the facts about the case. And then at the end of it, we can go into our opinions of uh, if he's guilty, if it was self-defense, what we think of the case, all that jazz. I think that that works best. Um, so yeah, how do you want to start this? How do how how should we? So, so I think that I think well, one thing I want to add in is is because I was I was trying to find out when I was researching this because I I actually I know all about the Jacob Blake shooting, but I didn't know about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Um, so he he supposedly apparently he wasn't the only one that did this, but he was out protecting businesses. 
And that's what he says he was doing. Yeah. Um, so he had a, like, he had like a, an automatic weapon. Um, and my, my main, one of my questions, and I'm curious if you know this or not, but like, how does a 17 year old get a hold of a gun like that? So um, apparently his sister's boyfriend bought it for him. So his sister's boyfriend's 20 years old. And okay. I guess he was, so basically what happened is this is kind of, I, I believe Rittenhouse said this himself. So he was part of kind of like a, a right-wing militia group that sent a message to the local Kenosha police department and was like, hey, like, um, we're going to be here. We have 3,000 RSVPs. Uh, don't arrest us or like send us off like you've done before. We're here to help you because you guys are outnumbered. And so Rittenhouse is from Illinois, which is next door. And I believe his mom drove him. I think somebody said it was over 200 miles. I, I don't know specifically how, how far away it was. Um, but yeah, so uh, I believe his sister's boyfriend is from Washington and purchased the gun, or not Washington, sorry, Wisconsin, and purchased the gun in Wisconsin. Um, I might be incorrect, but I believe the gun was purchased in Wisconsin. Maybe her sister's boyfriend isn't is from Illinois as well. I don't know, but um, but yeah, there's a lot of controversy around that because Wisconsin laws state that open carry is only legal for uh, people 18 years and older. Uh, Rittenhouse was 17 at the time, and also uh, in Illinois, you need what's called a FOID or a a firearm owner's identification card, and you need to be 21 to have that. And obviously okay. that that you know Rittenhouse <laughs> you can't have that yeah but okay. um yeah there's there I mean basically the uh I mean this case blew up right yeah, away obviously and this was like kind of like uh promoted by uh networks like Fox News and like Donald Trump kind of praised him Tucker Carlson called him a hero yeah, and, I, I watched I watched Tucker Carlson. It ticked me off pretty a lot. Yeah, and then um, and then of course he was scrutinized by uh, by kind of more left wing networks and um, you know called like a white nationalist, a, a terrorist, uh, you know, all that jazz. But um, but yeah, so basically the this is kind of just all the information that I've got. Um, I did as much research uh, on multiple sources as I can. So what happened was. Um, I guess he was there and he'd kind of been like showing his gun off to, uh, to other protesters just to not get violent. Sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just, I just want to add just, just for anyone who, who, who is, has no background on this is, is so like, basically there was, there was civil unrest going on because of the Jacob Blake shooting. And there was a number of citizens that were taking it upon themselves to protect the infrastructure businesses and that's why he was out there with a gun he was yeah. sort of like this militia yeah but sorry go on no worries um so basically he was like brandishing his gun at, at protesters and stuff and um i guess it was causing like a ruckus obviously i mean it's kind of to be expected um apparently there was this first warning shot fired uh it wasn't that close to rittenhouse himself but it startled him just a little bit and around the time that that shot was fired there was a I should be more familiar with the the victims' names, the names of the the guys that have passed. I'm not, unfortunately. I'm just gonna say it as like this person. But apparently, there was a male that uh, threw a coke bottle at him and started charging at him, and then Kyle shot this person. I believe this was the person that he shot four times. Um, yeah, and I think that was the one that was at the car dealership. Mm-hmm. 
So and then and then he proceeded to run down the street. Yeah, because uh, like that. other protesters noticed and they were like screaming and chasing. Obviously, like yeah, that's gonna happen. Um, and you know they were screaming like he just shot somebody. He just he just killed him. And then there was another guy that I guess he had a skateboard and he was like throwing his skateboard at him and he was trying to curb stomp Kyle because I guess he had fallen. And um, and then he shot this guy and killed him. And and then I haven't read too much on the third guy that got injured. I believe he had a Glock. He had a, uh, a pistol and yeah, he, he brought he it out and then Kyle shot him. Um, there are claims made by uh, the defense attorney of Rittenhouse saying that these people were trying to go for his gun but I'm pretty sure that incident only happened after he'd fired the first shot. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, like Kyle ran up to the police and was like, I just shot someone. And then other people were like, he just shot someone. Like he just killed this person. And the police did nothing. Yes. Rittenhouse was... was able to make it back to Illinois that night. He wasn't arrested until the next day. The next day. The next day. Um, oh, here we go. So, yeah, he fired eight shots in total, uh, four at Rosenbaum, which is the first guy that was killed. He was unarmed. He was the one that had a Coke can. Uh, okay, two at an unarmed, unknown individual who kicked Rittenhouse. One fatal shot at Anthony Huber, who was the one that hit him with the skateboard and I guess was trying to um, curb stomp him. And then one at Gage. Oh, my God, I'm going to butcher this name. Gross or Gross Kruitz. I, I, I don't know. I it's on the case you'll see his name um who was holding the glock the pistol um so gage and the unknown individual survived i don't believe the unknown individual was actually hit i i haven't read anything that he was i i just read that the it was just two deaths and then another injury i'm sure that would show up as an injury um on the report but um yeah, and also Wisconsin doesn't have a, a stand-your-ground law, which which basically this law allows for a person to claim self-defense without first needing to retreat when, like, outside of their uh, home or business, which obviously Rittenhouse was doing that. And apparently Rittenhouse also claimed he was an EMT. He was there for medical services. Um, he was there to protect. But another thing that I read was that um, – where is it? So there was one of the uh, militia group members caught on tape and he was saying how he was speaking to a police officer there and the officer told him that uh, they will, quote, send them down to them so they can deal with them and then they're just going to leave. Like the police officers, they were just going to leave. Um, obviously, you know, that's hearsay, but that's caught on film and it sounds believable by the police's actions that night. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, oh, and also, <laughs> I love how this is like an, oh, and also, also, um, defending a business that is not yours is illegal. That's illegal. You, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> you have, you have no sense, you have, you have no sense of self-entitled authority to be doing that. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if I'm like. I'm trying to go through it uh, kind of as it happened or like as I found things to happen. But I don't know. There's like I have so many notes on this because it's I mean, it's basically back on full trending. Um, I, I wonder what the, the common opinion is 
mm-hmm. whether it, well, like they think it's, it's like self-defense it's quite divisive like this is one of those this is one of those uh incidents where i when i was doing my research like there's there's a very fine line and people are on either side of it um so me personally like okay so de- depend like i think that like i think that like we're, I, I was sort of saying that he has no authority to be doing what he would what he what he was doing but i think that if you're somebody and you go out and you know that there is civil unrest going on because of some sort of social event that's occurred recently and you're out there and you're toting an, an automatic weapon um you're i think you're looking for trouble like like in a way i understand the purest view of what he thought he was doing but i think that if you're if you're out there and there's people pr- protesting pr- police brutality to an african-american and you're out there as a white guy and you have an automatic weapon and you look sort of threatening like you're i think you're looking for trouble personally like i don't think self-defense is 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 valid in this case no um so there from what i've read there's seven charges against him uh including first degree intentional homicide uh first degree reckless homicide and first degree attempted in, uh, intentional homicide um so he's pleaded not guilty to if y'all don't know what a plea means it's basically just like a personal account or uh what was the f- a a, res- a response to the Oops. charges levied against you basically yeah yeah exactly Sorry, I thought we were done with the axe. That's why I went into my opinion. No, no, no worries. I my steam just like pulled up in like the center of the page. I was like, oh crap. Um, but yeah, so it's just <laughs> I have not heard a reasonable self defense argument yet. Um, I don't think there will be one because <laughs> like you can't just openly. You can't go to an event that you know is happening in a way that obviously you disagree with and the protesters there are going to know that you're of disagreement. Um, You're carrying a gun that, I mean, is illegal for you to have in the first place, but some people might not know that, obviously, because you're not, like, branding your age to everyone. But, yeah, like, I mean, apparently he was caught on film talking about how, like, he wanted to find protesters so that he could kill them like before any of this happened but the judge of the case said that that evidence can't be used which is the judge of this case is kind of pissing me off so the judge originally came out and he was like oh you can't refer to the victims of his shooting as victims because it's too loaded of a word you can only refer to them or sorry not only sorry you can refer to them as looters or rioters if there's enough evidence against them bitch if he's found guilty of first-degree homicide, they're victims. Like, what are they? Dead people that he just so happened to shoot? Um, And also, like, if I go into a bar, let's say. I don't drink. But if I go into a bar and I get into an argument with an intoxicated person and they throw their drink at me, that doesn't give me grounds to fucking shoot them. I'd have no right to shoot them. That's not that's not self-defense. I can't be like, oh, you know, he's intoxicated. I don't know what his intentions are. I shot him because I was afraid for my life. No, that's not a thing. Like, yes, a warning shot can startle you, but the person you shot is unarmed. The warning shot, I don't even know if it came from the direction the person was in that threw the Coke bottle at him. And like, 
<laughs> Obviously, if you shoot somebody and there are other people there that could know this person, be close with this person, be friends or family with this person, they're going to have a harsh reaction to you. And they're going to want, like, I mean, some of them are going to want you dead, knowing that, like, their friend or family member is dead. Yeah. If somebody came in here and shot my sister, bitch, I'm going to want you dead. So, like, I don't know. I, I haven't heard a justified um, argument for self-defense in this case. Yeah. He should not have been there in the he first place. He should not months. have been there, yeah. And I also want to mention Kyle faces uh, life in prison mm -hmm. with all with all these charges. Um, so I was watching yesterday. I was watching the opening statements for the trial, and the prosecuting lawyer said something that I think is very true. He says he said that there was supposedly more than just Kyle as a member of this militia that were toting automatic weapons, and he says that yet Kyle was the only one that killed or shot anybody. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's very relevant. Exactly. Um, because if if Kyle's defense was valid, what it what is what is him and his lawyer have decided to defend him with, there would this wouldn't be an isolated incident. Um, everybody who was toting weapons, so called so called guarding businesses would have would have had incidents. Yeah, I also think that um, I don't know specifics of how long this person or these people should be charged for, but I think his sister's boyfriend should be charged. And I think his mom should be charged if she had um, full knowledge that of the reason that he was going there, which I'm pretty sure she would. But I mean, yeah. like, I don't I know mean, how that would work in, in the... I, I don't disagree with you. I think that there's more of a case for the fellow who bought him the gun being charged, except not his mother. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I don't think that there'd be like sort of like a legal precedent for for charging his mother. Um, um, I, I don't disagree with you. I just don't think that that would happen in a court of law. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on, too, is like the Jacob Blake shooting, because this is really relevant to, to this, too, is OK. So have you have you watched the Jacob Blake? Have you watched the, the body uh, cam? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you watched that? I think I watched it. I don't remember much of it. I watched so, it when it like first came out. Yeah. So basically, for those of you who don't know, Jacob Blake was this was probably a little bit earlier uh, in August 2020 than the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, incident. Mm -hmm. He he uh, police were called to a domestic dispute uh, involving Jacob Blake. Um, they they sort of a number of police officers were sort of wrestling with with Jacob Blake, couldn't subdue him. He sort of got away. He was walking to the driver's side of his vehicle, opened the door, was sort of leaning into the door as police were grabbing his shirt from the back. And then one of the officers proceeded to grab his firearm and fire several shots. Um, the thing that blew my mind to this is, okay, so if you look at the Jacob Blake incident, so Jacob Blake was essentially shot for leaning into his vehicle and police said that they believed that he was trying to retrieve his knife. Um, but then if you look at the Kyle Rittenhouse case and he's just shot two, shot three people, killed two, he's so he's walking towards police. He's got an automatic weapon strapped to his chest. He's got both hands in the air and you've got people who are yelling that he's killed two people. Yet he is allowed to go. He's not apprehended till the next day. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It makes it, it the optics of it are bad. It makes me quite cynical. They it, and like it really frustrates me because I'm going to go here 
and bitch, I'm going to go here because this is fucking true. And any of you that get mad at me for saying this, y'all fucking know that it's true. If this was a Trump rally and it was a black person in Kyle's place, y'all already know what would have fucking happened. He would be dead. He wouldn't have even had the chance to fire a second bullet. And no one, no one, both parties, because if this happened and I read about this, I'd be like, yeah, that's not self-defense. No one would be claiming self-defense. No one. And it's just, it's so fucking ironic to me because um, I was reading about this when somebody was kind of covering this as it happened. So obviously if, let's say a person, let's say you were in school and a school shooter comes in and kills a handful of people, you have the right to kill them. That is an imminent threat to you and your safety. He obviously has a means of killing other people. You have the right to defend yourself and kill them. So if Kyle would have been killed in this case, I would have, I already know right-wing media would have been like, oh my God, what is this? He was just defending himself, blah, blah, blah. Like he did not deserve to die. The other people, whatever. But like in this case, he survived, made it home. The police didn't do shit. In fact, I guess, I don't know if they released a report or it was like an officer talking about it. Um, They didn't know what was going on is what they said. Everything happened so fast. What the fuck? Do you remember um, the Parkland shooting? Yep. yep. Um, so Nicholas Cruz was the assailant. He was he was the guy that did the shooting. He went to a McDonald's afterwards and sat down with one of the victims. I think it was their sister, their brother or sister, the sibling of some sort, and literally ate with them, knowing that he had just killed her sibling or their sibling. I don't know who it was for sure. But did the, like, si- did the sibling know? Obviously no. not. Okay. No. But like. And of course, he was taken away in handcuffs. Like, there's video of of, uh, of him kind of like on the grass and they're putting handcuffs on him. Like, that type of leniency in a lot of cases is not offered to black people or people of color. No, no. And it's so, like, frustrating to see. I um I don't remember where I heard this, but I think this is very true. It was I think it was a a sports journalist, a, a black sports journalist that said this, and he was saying that this is the way that it sort of is: is if if you're if you're a white person and you're pulled over by police, it's you're you're assumed to be non-threatening, and it's sort of on police to everything that they find after they interact with you sort of proves otherwise. Yeah. If, if you're, pu- if you're apprehended or pulled over as a, as a black person, it's the opposite. Police are assuming the worst and, and it's your, it's the onus is on you to prove that you're not threatening. That's yeah. sort of how police uh, sort of psychologically unintentionally, intentionally, depending on the way you want to look at it are sort of their interactions are sort of viewed. And it's, it's very ironic because, um, there are, I'll go back to right-wing people. There, They say like, oh, comply. Like, comply. Don't fight back. Comply. And then, bitch, vaccines came out. And they have like headlines of do not comply. Fight for your rights, which are not even being touched. Don't comply. Okay, but I think, I think I'm going to push back on this one a little bit. I think that complicity is it like, it's not comply in every field. Like we're talking about two different completely different sets of of compliance their version well like yes obviously these are two um two different like circumstances that are happening but their version of compliance is literally like trying to get out of handcuffs 
Like that's what they're referring to. That action specifically is what they're referring to. Like you're talking about in terms of the vaccine? Uh, well, in terms of like both. Like they'll show videos of, let's say, Jacob Blake, which they did. Um, and they were like, he should have just complied. He should have just gotten the handcuffs and then, you know, talked with them and discussed and cooperated. But then there are videos of people getting kicked out and like taken out in handcuffs of like private businesses. And like, then they show that and they're like, do not comply. Fight for your rights that are being taken away. Like what? Like the action that they're talking about has nothing to do with like what they're doing. It just has to do with um, like the fact that like, I mean, honestly, that's just what they show in a lot of the shit that they show. Obviously, they're different situations. Obviously, one's like a lot more um, like harmful than the other. But um, I mean, even if, if like, if this was shown and if like, if, let's say, I don't know, right-wing news outlets showed uh, white people in place of black people getting arrested, this wouldn't be a compliance issue. Well, I mean, they would still probably brand it as like, do not comply. Like, she she didn't do it. She was found, oh, they would probably be like, oh, she didn't do it. She was found to, to be innocent. She shouldn't have complied in the first place because she knew her rights. Okay. Like, well, that isn't the same thing with many black people and people of color that are later found to be innocent that you scrutinize on television and like to the world yeah i think i think another thing that's important in this is like for example do you remember the uh the i forget what state this was in this was a, a year or two ago the incident that happened in that wendy's drive-through where they were chasing that that african-american fellow the cops were chasing him through the parking lot did you remember, no. do you remember that one okay so basically i i don't remember i think he was shot for sure i don't i think he died Okay. Um, so um, basically what happened in this case is police, I think they got a hold of this guy at least once, maybe twice. And there was three police officers. I, I, I'm just, just what I remember. And they couldn't sort of subdue this guy. Okay. And they ended up getting shot because they were chasing him. Um, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is, and this is true in the Jacob Blake uh, interaction as well, is I think that police, like when they... If there's multiple police and they get a hold of their assailant and they can't subdue him, I think that that's a problem. Like, like, I think, I think that, I don't know. I think that part of police's job is to make sure a situation doesn't escalate. So if you get your hands on somebody and you're able to subdue him and it's multiple people on this person and you can't, and then the situation escalates into, into, into violence, that's more so. Yeah. I think that's I think that's on police. And I mean, like a lot of people are like trying to justify certain police killings like police are not trained to kill. Police are trained to eliminate the imminent threat unless let's say this threat has a gun, has shot another person, has shot another police officer. A lot of these situations don't get that far. But like that is obviously a different situation. But let's say in Jacob Blake's case, let's say he grabbed the knife. Let's say he had taken the knife out of his truck or car or whatever it was, and he was brandishing at the officers. And the officers, obviously, they're, they felt threatened. And I would, too, if I was in that situation. Would I aim the gun at a place that would immediately, like, kill or paralyze Blake? No. Like, there are other places you can aim for. You can aim for his arm, which is holding the weapon. You can aim for their leg and take them down like that because they're much weaker. Like... 
I don't know why people are trying to defend certain aspects of police brutality. So I do agree with you, but I do, but I do have a, a bit of empathy in the fact of like, also imagine this too, right? Like somebody's brandishing, you think somebody's going to retrieve a weapon, somebody's brandishing a weapon, like, like you don't have, you don't have clear thought process, right? You're having the, the fight response. So you're not thinking logically, like you're like, I, under, I agree with you and mm. that would be the logical thing to do, but you're, you're worried about your, your safety. Right. So I, I understand the split second decision. Um, I, I kind of see, I kind of see that, but I, I agree with you. I mean, logically. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know specifically the, the training process of police in the States or, I mean, or even in Canada, but obviously this is more referring to um, things that have happened in the States, but I don't know how, how they train when it comes to these types of situations, if it's kind of like they're aiming for a different outcome, if they're training stuff like this regularly, I don't know. But um, I I really don't know what's going to happen in this case because this judge is just kind of pissed. Like, I don't know. This judge is just being a fucking yeah, he's biased. twat. Exactly. Like, he's biased. And I think that, I think this is another one of those cases. It's not a, it's obviously not a, policeman on trial but on, on trial but i think that the results of this case if he's acquitted um is going to cause more civil unrest i think it's a polarizing case that has uh racial implications yeah and just for clarification so um the three men that were killed slash injured in this situation they're all white they're all white men so a lot of like people talk about that and like racial implications and all that. I just want to clarify just so there's no questions um, surrounding that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, just with everything, I, I don't think there's a clear argument for self-defense here with every single thing that happened. Um, and obviously, like when you're being charged with something, the the main reason between first, second and third degree murder is intent. It's criminal intent. So first degree mor- murder, Jesus, first degree murder is like premeditated and planned murder. Second degree murder is unplanned, but like intentional murder. And then third degree murder is just like unintentional murder. Like, for example, uh, you're recklessly driving and you hit somebody and you kill them like a pedestrian. Um, I think I, I was reading something. I, this, I believe this was an article posted a couple years back. Only three states recognized or like really utilized third degree murder. The other states refer to it as manslaughter. Manslaughter, yeah. Um, which makes you, sense because, and like, the, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of crossover. Because I mean, if it's and if you're if you're a defense lawyer, right? Like, that's what I. If someone's charging me with my client with third degree murder, then I'm, then I'm trying for manslaughter because if it wasn't intentional, then it wasn't intentional, right? Yeah. So I understand that. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because I think I'm trying to think of like the states that had. I know one of them was Pennsylvania. Um, can't remember the other two off the top of my head. But it makes sense because California, I know, is one of the states that doesn't. And if y'all don't know, now y'all know. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner killed a pedestrian while she was driving and um, was initially charged with manslaughter. But, you know, Caitlyn's white and rich, so she didn't have to do fucking anything. I don't even know what she had to do. I don't even know if she was on house arrest. I don't know. Wasn't much. Um, Yeah, that's, you know, fun fact of the day. Another thing, another thing I noticed too was um, when they were when they were showing uh, on TV the the Rittenhouse opening statements and such. Um, I, and I think that the media bias plays into this a little bit. But oh, they yeah. were sho- they were showing him his his like most unflattering mannerisms. Like 
he uh like he he honestly like it was kind of pissing me off what they were showing because he didn't look like he was really worried or upset um you know he had a smirk on his face in one he i don't know he he just it's the media bias though right like they're, they're wanting to spin the story in a certain way so you're they're only showing you that that's what i think anyways. yeah yeah um what do you think is going to happen what do you think the verdict is going to be <sighs> this is tough this can is tough. The ver- can the verdict be overturned by the judge um because I, I think right now they said that their the jury consisted of 20 people it was uh, 11 women and nine men but they were cutting it down to 12 um after like the testimonies do do we know and and i i, I didn't look into this do we know what the i'm I, I hate that this is relevant but it is do we know the racial makeup of the jury oh i'm not too sure okay um but the, i mean obviously they give uh, from what i've seen or from what i've read um they give like the candidates like a, a a questionnaire i guess it's called just to like confirm biases and whatever and then they choose like what they view as the most unbiased uh jurors for jury selection okay but yeah i i don't know i don't i don't know if the judge can overturn the verdict i, I obviously um if he's found guilty and if, i mean i think either lawyer can appeal the case this will probably be in court for quite a while um but yeah i i i don't know what's going to happen i think that if this is a this is a really tough case to call what do you think is going to happen? I think under Wisconsin law, from what I've seen, that this is not classified as self-defense. Um, I don't think reasonably it should be classified as self-defense. I really don't think there's any arguments for self-defense, even with like the aftermath of him shooting the first person, having like another person pull out a pistol. Like, yeah, that's going to happen. They're They're looking at a shooter, an active shooter in front of them. That's going to happen if they have a weapon to defend themselves. Um, I I really don't know. The judge doesn't seem that great um, at all. But, yeah, I mean, I think the intent there is clear. Um, apparently his Facebook was, like, crowded with, like, pro-Trump and, like, uh, back the blue, Blue Lives Matter and all that. And, yeah. I think his intent was clearly there. I don't think it was like a premeditated. Uh, actually, you know what? Hmm. Take that back. Because like, I'm thinking about how there was evidence that came out, I guess that can't be used in court for some fucking dumb reason about how he said he was going to kill protesters. Like he like, I don't know if it was a message that he sent his friends or like a call or whatever. I'm pretty sure it was a message because I'm pretty sure they found it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I hope he gets life in prison. It's what he deserves. You don't just do shit like that and expect no consequences. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you. I hope he gets life. I don't think it. I do. I, I however don't think it was premeditated. I I think that he probably approached this with maybe he was he, he didn't think he would actually like it would actually happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he probably approached this with like I will use deadly force if I need to. Yeah. Um. But I don't think it was premeditated. I think premeditation would probably, I don't know. You'd have, you'd have to, who know, who knows? But I don't think it was. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know the other, I like, I stated before that there were, where is it? Seven charges against him, but this kind of, um, before the three more important ones, I can't remember what the other ones were. I'm assuming it had, they have something to do with, uh, with relation to like, 
him owning the gun, but that could be just like a misdemeanor. I'm not really too sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. This is obviously like a very high profile case. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, certain, certainly around the States and I would say, I would say Canada too. A couple of my friends have known, uh, like have messaged me about it and said that they're familiar with it. But yeah, I, I definitely think obviously if he's found not guilty that there's going to be a lot of civil unrest, but if he's found guilty, then obviously like that is the better decision. I don't think so. Like, you know how people are like, Oh, justice is served. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. Explain. Uh, I don't think there should be systems in place that allow this type of shit to happen. Um, and I just don't look at this as justice. Like two people have died. Like, have literally... Oh, so sorry, you're talking about justice is served in the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse committed if, these acts. If he, like, if um, if if Rittenhouse uh, was found to be guilty, mm-hmm. you know, some people are going to be like, justice was served today. I don't believe mm-hmm. in that. Because, like, this, I don't I don't look at this as, like, justice. Like, so in, in what, a way, what like, would, what I guess would... criminal justice, because, like, obviously he's found guilty, but I don't look at this as, like, justice. Like, two people are dead. Mm-hmm. If he's what found would be guilty, justice? what would be justice? I don't then? think there is justice. I think justice would be fully um, restructuring the system in which allows this, or like restructuring our like every every system that relates to this, which is like the education system, the patriarchy, the criminal justice system, like a full restructure of it, so that this shit does not happen. But that's a pipe dream. We're we're dealing with of course human, we're dealing with consciousness. We're dealing with chaos theory we're dealing with human decisions of course um we're never going to have perfect systems so justice is is fair fair repercussions for your acts i i think i think if i think i think there is a such thing as justice i mean i think criminal justice is a thing and if he's found to be guilty then yes criminal justice obviously will be served because he's in the court of law he broke laws and he has consequences for breaking those laws but I do think that there are errors that could have either not been made or didn't even have to be made that are being allowed that shouldn't be allowed and that like made this situation happen that it shouldn't have even been a thing in the first place. That's that's probably true for any crime ever committed. Of course, of course. But um, I don't know. I just I don't. I just I don't really look at it like that. This is like I, the same with uh, with fucking George Floyd's um, like the the cop that killed George Floyd, like him. I understand being found what guilty. you're saying. I yeah. understand what you're saying because the, a person spending the rest of their life behind bars doesn't atone for the fact that they took lives. Mm-hmm. I un, I understand that, but it's the it's it's the only thing that it's the only like fair consequence for their it's, action like it's the yeah it's the I know only what you mean. It, yeah it's the only thing we can do and we, and we can't put prevention in in effect for anything like yeah we, like the i don't think that education um police infrastructure all those things can prevent could have prevented this from happening personally this specific event mm-hmm. i think they could have like major effects on like the generalization of crime if it was restructured i agree i agree i think that but i do think like i understand and we haven't touched on this at all we should um i understand like 
the core belief of like, let, like, let's say you were the owner of that used car dealership, right? And you know that there's that there's looting going on. Like I like I understand as a business owner, like you being worried about your your business. I, yeah. I get that because because the the activity that's going on, regardless of if it's justified or not, it is unlawful, mm-hmm. right? Like that was not a peaceful protest. No. But I mean, like that was literally I, like following, like right after yes. the complete and, unlawful kill or not killing. Sorry, the complete unlawful shooting of Jacob Blake. Yes, and the the thing is, is like. I, I, so I understand like if this is your livelihood and you being worried about, about, about it being damaged, but I, but I also think that like, let's say like, for example, like the night of the, the Vancouver Canuck riots in 2011, mm-hmm. right? Like I was downtown. Um, I got out of downtown ASAP. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things where like, you know, that there's violence going on and that like that was obviously that's probably a bad example because it wasn't a protest. I mean, I mean that's bound to happen. I mean, I feel like but, that that's bound to happen because there's two parties. One of them's bound to lose. You know what my, I mean? But, but my point is, is that like if you know that's going to happen, like me as like I would just I would get away from it. You know, like like let it let it sort of burn out. Um, I wouldn't go into it and try to prevent it from happening. Yeah, like, I have- especially if like you have no experience in law enforcement whatsoever. Um, if, if by saying this, like his statement about like, oh, we're going to have 3000 RSVPs of our militia, like don't, um, do not have your officers tell us to go home under threat of arrest as you have in the past. So obviously this is something that you have done before. And this is something that you've been told not to do by law enforcement. So it's like, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I get, I, I understand that, but I, but also like like i am in support of it i think that sometimes sometimes uh, certain things need to be done to get a point across oh I mean, oh like in support of uh like riding in in support of uh unpeaceful protest yeah yeah i mean i agree <laughs> like the, the whole no justice no peace movement like I'm, I'm behind it yeah and like this just needs to be said and this is just evident in like what is shown on certain media and like even by um like republicans or right-wingers themselves they care more about businesses than they do about human lives in particular people of color because you will never ever hear them talk about like they will worry so much for the business they will worry so much even knowing like the aftermath that's going to happen because they know it's unlawful too they can't make fucking excuses for it so they just try to look at you know what can happen as like uh the butterfly effect um and they will be like, oh, you know, people are burning this down, burning cities down, which is not happening. Uh, but like burning buildings down, you know, like doing this, like these are people's livelihoods. Like, bitch, yeah, these are people that are still alive. Their livelihoods. There are people that are now dead that you don't give a shit about. American citizens that you don't care about that died at the hands of police unlawfully because they live in a position where they are fully in power and think that that's okay. And obviously they continue to get away with it. Derek Chauvin's like the first high profile case where he's actually been convicted. Yeah. Like what? Like you like, and it took that, like it took that much effort for one police officer to be convicted in his case. Yeah. I don't, I don't know um, what happened with the other officers in this case. And, and think about, and think also think about all the other high profile, uh, police trials that happened like the, i talked i talked to you about this a lot off camera it's like the rodney king like 
I cannot believe they weren't charged with that yep. one. Like, like it took a lot of acquittals to get us to this point. But yeah, yep. the Derek Chauvin one was the first major conviction. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and there were still people that thought he was fucking innocent. Like, you can't, ar- like, I don't know the semantics of innocence there. I, I, I don't know. Like, you can't argue self-defense. Self-defense from what? The guy was on the ground for nine minutes. If that incident wasn't recorded, he... Oh, he, he would have been... He, he would be on the There would be right no now. trial. Yeah. There would be no trial at all. Even if people knew about the case, if there was no recordings of that incident, nothing would have happened. Yeah. At he all. Would be, he would be on the street right now. He'd still be a cop. He'd still be killing people. But, um... Oh my god, I just picture... I, I, I have his picture, like the picture of his face in the back of my mind right now, and... Bitch... We're going to be rots in prison. Um, do we have anything else to kind of go over with this case? Uh, not me. Not me. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything I can add. Obviously, um, I'm sure we'll bring this up in, in future episodes until a verdict has been reached. Um, uh, like, I guess for our next filming, we'll kind of give an update. We'll, we'll say what day it is, and then we'll give an update. But yeah, we don't really have as much in terms of, like, what it's doing in court right now, just because it's only been in court. I think today's the third day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll try to keep you guys updated as much as we can. I I posted a, a story to my Snapchat at least that I was like, hey, like if you guys want to get familiar with the case, if you haven't already, like kind of look at this one. It's kind of probably the most high profile case right now. But I mean, I'll try and post as many updates as I can. Uh, if there's anything major, I'll probably just post it over to Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. But uh, oh. Subscription canceled. I just got a little uh, thing, a little email from Twitch. I guess I canceled a subscription. I don't really know what one it was, but um, but yeah, should we uh, should we swap it over? Yeah. So let's go. Let's go into. We're gonna go into the whole Blackhawks, uh, Chicago Blackhawks NHL scandal. So yeah, I'm gonna lay this one out because I, I've been following this. Like, yeah, after. I was gonna say I think it would be better if you for you to. I've I've never followed anything like I followed this before. Um. So, okay, before I jump into this, did you, so apparently uh, the Oilers are talking to Chicago about uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Would you be an Oiler fan if we trade for him? Shut up. Are they really? Yeah, so, because Mike Smith's hurt, so we're looking for another goalie, and the Blackhawks are doing really bad, so. If they get Fleury, like, that's a team, bitch. That's a fucking team. Would you vote for us? Um, Honestly, that would probably, honestly, yeah, like, Fleury's my fucking favorite player. But, like, I don't like Chicago. I mean, I didn't like Chicago before, but I definitely Definitely don't now. No, no, thank you. But, um, yeah, Flurry was, like, the main reason that I, like, I used to be in love with the Golden Knights. Flurry was basically the main reason. I also like Pacioretty. Um, I liked Marcia, so not really much anymore. Um, Stone is fucking amazing. Petrangelo is pretty good, too. But, yeah, then the whole scandal with Flurry happened. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, this is handled horribly. And I was like, I don't really know what to do now. Cause I don't really like, I didn't like how it was handled. I didn't really like the golden Knights anymore. And I do you know not he, like the Blackhawks. He found out on Twitter. Hey, when he got traded to yeah. the Blackhawks. Yeah. Like what the fuck it's flurry. He just won. What did he just win? The Vesna best goalie in this of the year. The fuck? How the hell are you going to do that? Yeah. I would do everything them. in my power to fight for that sole player. Yeah. Like, 
Do you think the goalie is like the most important player? I think the goalie is the X factor. Yeah. Just like just like in baseball, the pitcher is the X factor and football, the quarterback's the X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So uh, I don't think it's the most important, but I think it has they have the ability to win games. I agree. Yeah. And like yeah. Flurry is still sensational. And like, isn't he like 36 now? Yeah, he's pretty old. I think that's why he was traded. But, but I mean, yeah. our starting goalie is older than that. He's like 41, Mike, Mike Smith. Yeah. If they get Flurry, yeah. Because like, I like McDavid. We're doing really well, too. We're like seven and one. Mm -hmm. And like, who is the other one? Dry dry Saddle? Yeah, Dry Saddle. I mean, they're like the duo of all duos. Oh, 100%. Like, they're so fucking good. Okay, let's jump into it. So, so, okay. So basically, for anyone who hasn't been following this, so basically what happened in 2010, um, Chicago Blackhawks had had a player named, a young player named Kyle Beach, who initially in this scandal wasn't wasn't identifying himself. He was known as John Doe one. Um, so he was, this player was on the team and was called up from their minor league affiliate during the 2010 playoff run, um, just before the Stanley cup final, he was, he was designated a position called the black ace, which means that he was dressed for practices. Um, he was sort of like on their practice roster. Um, he, there was a fellow that worked for the Blackhawks at this time by the name of Brad Aldridge who was their video coach. Uh, Brad Aldridge allegedly sexually assaulted Kyle Beach. Um, He was, Kyle Beach uh, initially didn't come out and tell anybody about this. Then when he did, um, the management team for Chicago was made aware. Um, they had a closed door meeting, which, in, which included, uh, and this whole, this whole sort of investigation is the whole report is available online to, to be read. Um, they had a closed door meeting. They, they didn't do anything for a number of weeks. Um, they decided, they decided that chasing the Stanley cup was more important than a sexual assault that occurred on their team. Um, Brad Aldridge was quietly let go. He was given a severance package. He was written a glowing review by the head coach of the team, Joel Quenville at the time. Um, he then secured, he, he got his day with the Stanley cup. He got his name on the Stanley cup. He then secured a job working for a college hockey program, working with uh, minors. He then committed another alleged sexual assault with a 16 year old boy, um, which he was convicted for served time in prison he served about nine months in prison and then he was on probation for a while which is not enough um so back to john doe one um he basically was ostracized for coming forward um there's a number of players that came forward brent sopel nick boynton said that the entire dressing room was aware of this um even though a number of players said that they didn't know uh, these players have put their name out there saying that everybody knew about it. So he was, so, so Kyle beach, John Doe one was the subject to many sort of uh, homophobic slurs. Um, he was made fun of for this. Uh, he Kyle beach also claims that the team sort of ostracized him for coming forward with this. Uh, so Kyle beach eventually left the organization and left the NHL and, um, so basically, he Kyle Beach now plays in Germany. Uh, about six months ago, 
through the amazing work of journalist Rick Westhead, this this information sort of came out. And Kyle had an ongoing lawsuit with the Blackhawks for lost earnings, future earnings, as does John Doe too. Um, so basically, there's a there's a number of, of, of people that were notified of this. Uh, so the Chicago Blackhawks executives are notified of this. Kyle Beach also notified the head of the NHL Players Union, Donald Fear, who didn't really do anything about it either. Um, so recently what's happened is after the investigation, it was found that Stan Bowman, who was then in his first year as general manager of the Blackhawks, claims that he notified his superior, who was John McDonough, the president of hockey ops for the Blackhawks at the time. He claims that John McDonough told him that the incident would be properly reviewed. Um, and so he, uh, Bowman says that he told his superior, he believed it was handled, his job was done. John McDonough didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, and there's a number of current or former NHL employees that were implicated in this. So Stan Bowman, who stepped down because of the scandal, um, was was sort of point one. Joel Quenville, who was had then head coach of the Blackhawks, was the head coach of the Florida Panthers, stepped down last week after meeting with Batman. He wrote, and I, and I heard this, he wrote a glowing review for Brad Aldridge, said that he was he was uh, invaluable in helping them win the Stanley Cup. Uh, he was great. And this is after Joel Quenville knew uh, what he had done with Kyle Beach. Uh, so he was he was relieved of his duties or stepped down last week. The last person was a fellow by the name of Kevin Sheveldayoff, who was then the assistant general manager of the Blackhawks, who is now the current general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. Now, Kevin Sheveldayoff was the only one that actually retained his job. So, And a lot of people are upset with this. He met with Bettman last week, and Bettman was is, 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 was Bettman says that he is convinced that Kevin Chevalier didn't have the information that he didn't commit any sort of foul. Um, so Kevin Chevalier has kept his job. Um, the one last thing I want to say is so Kyle Beach was John Doe one until about a week ago and decided to come forward, which was very, very courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, told the story. There's a full 30 minute interview that it's available on YouTube that he did with Rick Westhead, which was very moving about why he came forward, how this has impacted in his life, the guilt that he carries because he feels it's his fault that John Doe two was assaulted because he didn't do enough. Um, which is not true. It's not his fault. He was not in a position to stop this from happening as a yeah. victim. Um, but, um, the yeah the, the last thing I wanted to say is is a couple of days ago the NHL was a did a media availability uh, regarding this incident and uh, Rick Westhead grilled them sort of grilled them so the NHL came out and they said that they will make all the resources available to uh, to Kyle Beach in terms of therapy anything that his family needs so Rick Westhead asked Gary Bettman point blank will you do this for John Doe too. Because it's it's essentially the NHL's fault that this occurred. Um, yeah. they, and Gary Bettman said that he would need to know more information to, to do that. He hasn't ruled it out, but he's more concerned with the events that occurred in the NHL. Yeah, and then I know that uh, Taze and Kane, they did interviews on it. Um, have you seen those? Yeah. Okay. 
What do you think of those? I think they're full of shit. I think they're full of shit too. Literally, I don't. Okay, I I don't know who it was. I'm pretty sure this was. I'm not even going to say who it was. One of them, because they both agreed with it. So technically it was both of them. So one of them had said that, oh, you know, um, it's unfortunate that we, uh, that some of us do such heinous things in like positions where like we're at our highest. So like they had just won the cup. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense because the sexual assault took place before they won the cup. Yeah, it was like three weeks before the Stanley Cup final. Exactly. And like, unless he's talking about the actions that um, was taken by management regarding this because they were on such a high and, you know, they wanted to wait until after, you know, the playoffs had concluded to kind of go to HR uh, about it. Like, that's not an excuse. There's literally no excuse at all. And if you try to hide behind one, you're a piece of shit, especially when there's no fucking reason like, I mean, of course, Taze is the captain of the Blackhawks and Kane is, isn't he assistant? Yeah, probably. Um, um, a lot of people are saying too that like Stan Bowman said that, I'm sorry, I made this decision. It was my first year as GM as if that's sort of like an excuse. And people are giving, and I don't agree with this, but people are giving Taves the same out. They're saying it was his first year as captain of the team. But I think that's if, bullshit. As if it was their second year as GM or captain, this sexual assault wouldn't fucking happen. Are you kidding? The Blackhawks are sort of letting John McDonough take the fall for it because he's no longer employed by the team. So they don't have to take any sort of corrective action. Yeah. That's my opinion. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And like, um, was it stated when John Doe 2's assault happened? Um, yeah, it was It was less than a year after the Cal Beach incident. So 2011 or like 2010, 2011? Yeah, that would make sense. They're probably looking at it as like, oh, we haven't had a report in nine years, 10 years. So yeah, that must not be going on, but we'll give um, we'll give certain uh, reconciliations to what actually happened. So honestly, like my personal opinion is like I'm really, really jaded about this, about the cover up, about how the NHL isn't stepping up. Um, like I've I said this to a lot of people. Like I literally want to boycott hockey. Like like this. It, I don't know. I I I I don't like that. I don't like this win at all costs sort of mentality that exists, not in just in the NHL, but in sports in general. It's not even needed too, like at all, like that, that win at all costs, like, especially like if this is part of that all costs covering up a sexual assault case, if that's part of the all costs, that's going to cost you the cup. Like, it's not like, I, I just, I don't know what environment you have to be in, what like, upbringing you have to have that be acceptable behavior or something that is like tolerated by not only just you and your team but by an entire organization to where like you can't properly deal with something like this well what the team is thinking is the team is thinking that if 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 this becomes public then that the media isn't talking about us being in the final they're talking about this and the players are thinking about this and yeah. it become and it becomes a distraction. Yeah. Right. But the the NHL is under fire for a couple of things. So one of the things they're under fire for is um Joel Quenville, the the f- former coach of the Blackhawks, he was the coach of the Florida Panthers at the time. He so when Stan Bowman had just stepped down, uh Bettman was meeting with Quenville the following day, but Quenville was allowed to coach for the Panthers that night. 
So a lot of people are saying if you're the NHL and you're trying to and you're trying to portray that you care about this now, why do you let him coach another another day? Yeah, exactly. Right. So that so that's one of the things they're under fire for. Um, uh, the other thing was is that um, I want to mention this too about Donald Fear, the the president of the player the player union. So uh, Kyle Beach was seeing a therapist after this happened to him, and he communicated to his therapist that he wanted Don Fear to send a message to, I think it was to USA Hockey about about Brad Aldridge so this didn't happen to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right around the time that he would have got this job with the the with this team that he committed as the sex the sex the second assault. Uh, Don Fear never sent that notification to hockey to USA hockey. So what's happening now is a lot of players, rightfully so, are calling for Don Fear to resign. Uh, what's what I'm hearing is probably going to happen is Don Fear was going to resign or was going to retire at the end of the year, and that's sort of probably just going to get expedited. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. I mean, like, even thinking about it in like the moment, he really had like no consequences. He lost his job, but found it or found another job. And he got a severance like, package. Exactly. And, bitch, he got a championship ring. He was able to have a day with the Stanley Cup. He was present at the banner unveiling ceremony in October of that year. Yeah. So they're now talking about taking his name off the cup. They're, they're talking to the hockey hall. Oh, justice. That's how you do it. They will. That'll teach him and other abusers to not do that. And um, like, I, I remember, yeah, I don't know if you remember, like I met like when Kyle Beach came out as John Doe one, like I messaged you, like I was freaking out mm-hmm. because I remember that um, I remember when Kyle Beach was, he was a very high draft pick. I remember the Canucks were under a lot of pressure to pick him. Um, he, he, did he they have up, first round or did they have first draft pick that year? No, they had, I think they had number 10. Okay. Kyle Beach ended up going number 11. Uh, and cause he's from North Van. Kyle Beach is from North Van. Okay. Uh, but they ended up Canucks ended up picking Cody Hodgson instead. But Kyle Beach was seen as somebody who had sort of character or attitude problems. He was seen as kind of like a bad apple when he was coming out of the draft. Okay. But I think a lot of the thing I think one thing that's important to mention too is um is uh like for example, like a lot of the like during the Me Too movement, like people like Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby, like the, the a lot of the, the offenses they committed, the power dynamic was was quite complex because it's a person of power that has implications on the person's career. Yeah. And I think that, and they're saying too that this was true because if you're, think about yourself as Kyle Beach, you're playing for an AHL team. You are now called up to your NHL team as a black ace. You're doing everything you can to stay there and to get it, to get on the ice. So you have a team employee who... All he has to do is say a few words to the head coach and the head coach is putting you on the ice. Exactly. Right. So it's 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 tough. Does like Kyle Beach is sort of biting the hand that feeds him if he fights back on this. And apparently in this report, it said that Brad Aldridge, after he committed this offense, told Kyle Beach something to the effect of I can ruin your career. Mm -hmm. Like the the fact that certain people have like the ability to manipulate complete positions to where like this is literally like your life like this is your job this is what you are doing for a living and the fact that within an instant of 
you not consenting to sexual activities that can just be taken away from you and to a point where like i'm sure there was probably some talks of like no one will ever believe you or like this will never get anywhere this will never happen like your career will go down before anyone even knows that this happened yeah and that's like honestly that's common in a lot of um a lot of these types of experiences like with the gym gymnastics coach that sexually assaulted uh i think it was the u.s women's gymnastics yeah. team larry nasser yeah larry nasser and i i mean i just i just i don't know what goes through these people's minds or like who has told them in their life that that is anything near acceptable or like just i really i i don't I I don't know. It's just like like reading up on the story. Yeah, cuz I became familiar of it through you messaging me about it. Because you were like we need to talk about this. And I was like, "Okay, cool. Like, yeah, definitely we'll add it." And um I actually I I I don't really pay attention to hockey that much. I used to be a, a pretty big hockey fan. I used to root for the Canucks. This was um this was when I was very young. But um, I kind of lost my touch with it. I kind of really only got back into hockey because, like, my best friend at the time was into hockey as well. And, you know, we went to a couple games. But I had no idea that this was even a thing. And, like, reading up about it, knowing that this is over the span of over 10 years now is insane to me. That, like, shit like this... Like is still going on. I'm sure there are other John Doe's that have not come forward yet with their own allegations and experiences. And like, there's so many like people that think that this is okay. And like, they can abuse their privilege and their position of power. And I don't know, like, I don't know what part of the system makes them think that way because there are people that get away with it. Maybe it's just them knowing that there are other people that get away with it and they can use that. But, like, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to, like, fully make of the situation that's happening. Like, it, I feel horrible for, obviously, Kyle Beach. And, like, there, there are people out there that question why it took so long for him to identify himself as this John Doe. And I know from firsthand, uh, when you have something like that and you come forward with it, obviously, like, it happened with him. His his team looked at him completely differently and singled him out. You're looked at as a weak character. You're looked at as uh, not a man because you can't deal with shit like that. Because, you know, you're just supposed to be a man. You're supposed to be grown. You're supposed to have this, like, masculine male lifestyle that's so completely toxic and, like, unjust whatsoever. And that's just supposed to be something that is just common. You're just supposed to deal with it and move forward with your life because you have great things happening in your life. You're a first-round draft pick. You're uh, making a lot of money. You have potential. You could be the next big thing. I mean, apparently, you could only be the next big thing if this person says that you can be the next big thing. But if you don't mm -hmm. do sexual activities for them, that's not going to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing I think uh, it's worth mentioning, too, is when the when the report first came out um, and the owners of the Blackhawks were announcing that Stan Bowman had stepped down, et cetera, 
they said that they had instructed their lawyers to settle with Kyle Beach. Um, what happened the next day, Rick West had reported. So apparently there was a, the year of 2010, there was a, a sports psychologist working for the Blackhawks that they think that the Kyle Beach's lawyer thinks that they have really, really important information that would have big implications on the case. So they filed a motion to depose this person like right away. Mm -hmm. uh, the day after the the own this commission this report came out the blackhawks filed the motion to block this they're still challenging kyle beach's case in court even though to the to the media they're projecting we want to settle with him we want a fair settlement uh, yeah they're they're st they're still trying to crush his case in court kyle said it himself um yeah it's 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 gross it's honestly gross he i think that if you because because kyle is Kyle's career has been changed beyond repair. He's now playing in Europe. He, uh, his earnings have been forever altered. I think the number to settle is going to, is going to be huge. I think anytime there's a notion of settlement, that's an admission of guilt. You don't settle if you know that a certain thing didn't happen. I don't think that that's always true. What, what I've heard is that, this is the way that settlements are, are done. So let's say somebody's suing you for $100 million and you think as the defendant that there's a 10% chance that they might win their case, then you want to settle for $10 million. That's sort of how it's done. I mean, I'm sure there are cases where like if they have the money and they don't want to have to go through with like the potential of them paying full, then yeah, they'll settle. But I mean, a lot of those cases still result in like, if you know you have a just case and you know something did not happen and you're completely like in the right, you're not guilty. There should be no reason for you to have to settle. You should have enough evidence that promotes you as the party that will walk away with like the correct judgment. Like there 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 should be no there no questioning there. But yeah, obviously like I'm sure, yeah, there are cases where people are like, Oh yeah, I have enough money. You know, we don't really have to worry about this. This is just something that we have. We can do this. Let's make a settlement. But I still think in those cases that it's probably majority of them are like them admitting to it and them just not wanting to have to have the repercussions of their actions. But um, yeah, I mean, it's an extremely unfortunate situation. I like obviously wish that it didn't happen. I'm sure anyone sane would wish that it didn't happen. It's unfortunate that uh, this is now ongoing for 11 fucking years. Honestly, 11 and a half years. This is May of 2010. It's now November of 2021, almost 2022. Um, I wish nothing for the best, or sorry, nothing but the best for Kyle Beach. I hope that he excels where he is now. I hope that, like, I don't know. I just hope that he has a great life. This is just an extremely unfortunate situation that happened and something that should not have even happened in the first place, obviously. I I just, I don't know if there's going to be, like, anything put in place that, like, the franchise is going to do to make sure that people know that there are blatant consequences for this because they haven't yet. 
I don't think that they're sorry it, it, it's happened. They're sorry that that it's that has come to come up, come out that it's come out yeah. to the public. It's like a, it's like a yeah. It's it's like a it's like one of those situations where like you're not sorry for actually what happened. You're just sorry that you got caught called out for what happened and caught. Yeah, and and, and a couple other things. So uh, Duncan Keith, who now plays for the team I root for, the Edmonton Oilers. So it, it, Duncan Keith was. Uh, was asked to be interviewed because he was obviously on this team refused to be interviewed. Um, I don't like that. Um, I don't like that at all. He said he doesn't believe that he didn't know about it. He doesn't believe that he had anything to add to the investigation. I call bullshit. Um, So I don't like that. First of all, second thing is this is not the only case of its nature that's actually going on in the NHL right now. So I found this out recently. So uh, Stan Bowman, uh, the former GM of the Blackhawks, was also the general manager of uh, USA Hockey for the Olympic team. So he stepped down from that role also. Um, so the fellow who was sort of in line to be the next GM, Bill Guerin, he's, he was the assistant GM before. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's currently being investigated right now also because while he was working for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, franchise, there was allegedly... Uh, Two on the same night, two separate instances of sexual assault relating from their AHL head coach at the time and another Pittsburgh Penguin team employee. So I guess what happened is the the two parties were out for dinner, um, the employee, his wife, and then the alleged perpetrator of this act. Um, So two times that night, this person assaulted the employee's wife. Um, So when when this the husband of the victim came forward to Bill Guerin, uh, Bill Guerin, uh, he did fire the the person who committed the act, but he was he told the other employee to keep it quiet. He said, "Don't don't let anyone know why he was fired." Um, he claims he was ostracized for coming forward, and then a year later he was laid off due to COVID related uh, issues. Mm-hmm. So. This person has now filed a lawsuit against the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is in the last couple of days. And there's a separate investigation going on into Bill Guerin as well. So this Jesus. is the person that's supposed to take over for USA Hockey for Stan Bowman. Yeah. Good Lord. NHL's fucking fucked up. So that's why I don't want to watch hockey anymore. Yeah. I don't. And honestly, it don't affect my life. But, I mean, I never really was into it. Like, you were into it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, as time will pass, I'm sure more information will come out regarding these cases. Yeah, I just, for sure. I, I, knowing the NHL, I don't see them actually taking adequate responsibility and implementing, um, like consequences for you know future if if this were to happen in the future uh but i i mean like what's like the best case scenario that can happen like like if this happens again or from this case from this case like going forward um i think the only thing that can really happen is the nhl makes their resources available to john doe too and both of the plaintiffs get a fair settlement yeah i think they should put like um like rules in place regarding this in like actual i mean i don't know how specifically it works for different for for, yeah for different franchises but well the nhl's punitive action was they fined the chicago blackhawks two million dollars but honestly that is nothing Mm -hmm. 
to an NHL franchise. Like, come yeah. on. But they're saying, like, too, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're Rick Westhead saying that, like, the, the, the Blackhawks, like, they they did do the right thing in making this report available to the public. But, like, us as us as viewers, as the consumer of this product, like, we we need to keep them more accountable. Like, like he, Rick, Rick Westhead said this, like, where is the where's the inquiry on Akeem Ali? Yeah. Like, where, where is that? Do, do you know what I'm talking about in that in that case? Yeah. Like we need to like, w- like there was nothing done in that case. Like, yeah. where's the inquiry into that? We want to see it. Yeah. Should we? Uh... Well, what are we at for runtime right now? Hour 15. Still decent time. So you want to go over one more and then we can carry the one over to the next week? Um. Yeah. You which. Uh... So do you want to do do you want to do alcohol or do you want to do? I think we should probably do placebo. I was just doing be... good. I, I agree. Okay. I, I was... <laughs> um, yeah. So the uh, the last topic were I love how we started this podcast out with you going. We we have four topics to go over. Hopefully, we're gonna get through all of them. Okay, but you know what? Those two were big ones, and that was like we were literally talking about both of those for this entire time. Yeah, and like those two are probably gonna be ones that we're going to still talk about in future episodes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the last one that we're going to go into, I think we mentioned, we might've mentioned it in the last episode or not. Cause the uh, last episode, of course we went over the butterfly effect. Uh, I don't really know if we mentioned the placebo effect, but yeah, that's what we're going to go into now. Um, for those who don't know, the placebo effect is basically just an effect that's, uh, that's used in scientific study, um, just regarding the, ef- uh, efficacy of placebos or like the knowledge or kind of the brain work around, uh, placebos and then the actual given medication. Um, what should we go into first here? So basically the, it was found, uh, I think as early as 1770 that, uh, there is a actual psychological and physiological reaction that people experience when they feel like they are getting a resolution to their ailment. Mm -hmm. So for, so for example, like if you go see a doctor and a doctor gives you something, if it's a pill, even if it's just a sugar pill, there's a there's a psychological benefit and a physiological physiological benefit in somebody telling you that this is going to help your your ailment. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, and and it's it's sort of to this point unexplained by science. There's a number of theories um, relating to it. None of it's sort of proven to this point. But be, as a result of this, there is so whenever there's a, a a trial done on a drug, it's always run against the placebo. So if the so basically there's a control group that thinks they're getting the medication and there's a control group that's actually getting the medication and the actual medication control group has to show benefit greater than the placebo for the drug to have any sort of efficacy, which makes sense mm-hmm. um, because if you're not getting greater than the placebo, then taking nothing has the same sort of effect. But yeah, yeah. So. I, I mean, it's a phenomenon to, I think, to both of us. And that's why we've decided to discuss it. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, um, it was like an, I feel like growing up, it was like more of like an underground sort of, uh, I don't really know what to call it, like a theology. It was kind of like brought up and, and it was never really like explored in the classes that would bring it up or I never really explored it myself until like recently. Um, I knew it was something that was always like of interest to read about because it's something that obviously is just kind of like, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things that you look at it and you go, holy shit, like, this is actually really interesting to learn. And, like, 
realize that we as like a species react to certain things in a certain way when our brains are adjusted to think of those things in a certain way. Um, have you ever heard of the nocebo effect? Yes, 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 I have. That was really cool to read about too. That was really cool to read about, yeah. So, so uh, for those who don't know, the nocebo effect is basically, um, I guess, kind of the opposite of the placebo yeah. effect. So I have negative expectations induce negative outcomes. So basically, like, there, I, what, I, what I found about it is, like, they gave, so so group, group A, they gave the same pill to group A and group B. A, they, group A, they told, like, this is going to make you, like, really tired. This is going to make you sleepy. And they told group B, that, like, this is going to make you, like, stimulated it's going to be like a cup of coffee and they found that like it actually did the both things to both people yeah yeah and it's like um there are even like cases where it's just like they're just given a placebo and then certain individuals can experience like more symptoms or or side effects due to it for example like headaches nausea dizziness normal common side effects um but yeah i didn't even know that was the thing it makes sense it makes sense like it would have like an alternate sort of like opposite opposing view to it that makes sense yeah so the two the two sort of theories that um, there, a number a couple of theories that people think that accounts for the placebo effect. So one is is that they're saying that have you ever heard of the uh, Hawthorne effect? Familiar. So the Hawthorne effect means that it's it, and it's it's proven to be true is that humans alter their behavior and answers when they're observed. Oh yes, yep. So they're saying that this might account for part of it. So like if you're in a control group, you know that you're that what you're saying and you're, the things you're feeling are, are being recorded and observed yeah. by other people. Um, the other theory I've heard is that they say that, so if a, if a doctor is prescribing you something that's supposedly going to help, like there's an element of people pleasing going on. You're wanting to let, there's a psychological, if not even acknowledged need to let, to, to appease the doctor, to let them know what they're prescribing you is actually yeah. helping you. Yeah, I because uh, uh, this was just on one of the articles I was reading. So apparently, one of the most studied and, and uh, strongest placebo effects is the reduction of pain. So according to uh, an array of estimates, approximately thirty to sixty percent of people will feel their pain has diminished after taking a placebo pill. Um, yeah, and then they did. Uh, where is it? Here it is. So they did a twenty fourteen study. Um, tested the placebo effect on 66 people with uh, episodic migraine who were asked to take an assigned pill, uh, either a placebo or Maxalt, which is, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm saying this right, uh, Rizotriptan, which uh, is just a known migraine medication uh, to rate their pain intensity. So some were told it was the placebo, some told it was Maxalt, and others told it would be either. So they, uh, the researchers found that the expectations set by the pill labeling basically influenced the participants' responses. So if somebody was given Maxalt, um, but it was labeled as a placebo, it had the same effects as a placebo that was labeled Maxalt. So it's just like how your brain works around it, which I think is is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, the, the Hawthorne effect can easily apply to this, but I think... Um, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's obviously many uh, studies done out there that didn't, like, doesn't have as much to do with the Hawthorne effect. Uh, maybe that's just me and my uh, my mind wanting for this whole thing to just be based on fact and not have influence or bias from that. But um, it was also interesting to read about, do you know what a double-blind study is? Yes. So um, for those who don't, 
It's basically uh, a study in which neither the participants nor the researchers know who's getting the placebo or the uh, the real treatment. And then kind of uh, results are found after a certain amount of time with said treatment. Um, so it's basically, that's, I guess, a risk of a, a subtle bias. So it's an easy way to avoid it, which I think is extremely smart. Um, but yeah, they say the most accurate data is able to be extracted from studies that use uh, the double blind effect. Which I think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, another thing that I found was interesting is that they also found that if you, so if you gave, if you told the control group that they were getting the placebo, they, so it's, there's also research that shows that they still have a benefit in their symptoms, hmm. which is, which is really interesting. Yeah, that is cool. They should have just given like uh, the anti-vaxxers sugar water <laughs> and then saw how they reacted. What, they okay, should have you... given them sugar water, branded it as ivermectin, and then they should have done another study where they gave them the vaccine and branded it as ivermectin. Of course, I'm not actually saying this because this violates so many HIPAA laws. Um, That's where I'm going with this. What do you think about the ethics of placebos? Like in terms of like, if you're, so let's say, let's talk about the COVID vaccine. So let's say that you want to be in the trial group and you want to have protection from COVID. So you think you're getting protection from COVID. But you're actually but, just getting a placebo. But you're getting the placebo. What do you think about the ethics of the placebo? Um, it's a good question. I think in some cases it can definitely be looked at as like, because it, it's a question of if, um, obviously, if you're going into a trial, you sign a lot of papers to go into it. And so there are a lot of like terms and conditions you go over before doing so. Um, I don't know if certain studies don't include the fact of, oh, hey, you might be lied to. Well, I think, no, it must. Like, I think the legality of it is fine because yeah. the, the pharmaceutical companies are going to cover their butts. But like legalities and ethics are completely different things, yeah. right? I think if it's stated in the the forms that they sign and they're fully made aware of it and they go into it consensually, then I can see, I can agree with that. Obviously, it's going to be shady in instances where um, people are of higher risk and maybe they're doing this trial in the beginning and uh, they're given the placebo, but maybe they're told it's the vaccine or, you know, maybe they're just not told what it is at all. They're just given something and they kind of go and think that they're getting the vaccine and they're more protected against, um, let's say, COVID. And they're just given the, uh, the placebo and maybe they get extremely sick from it. Obviously, that's a huge problem. But... Um, I don't know, maybe I'm basing mine more on legality because it's like already gone over in certain form. If it is, then I, I hope it is. And, you know, it's it's a consensual agreement that they're signing into. Um, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think I, I unfortunately think it's sort of like a necessary evil. Um, I think that there's no way. I, I mean, I, I think it's shady ethically, but I also don't think that there's an alternative. I think that we need placebos in our in our drug studies. Do you think that it's um, potentially like um, one of those instances where it's like if something bad does happen, it's like, oh, you know, like your life is saving millions of others. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard of that where it's like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, no. you died, but this is saving like <laughs> a thousand other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get that. Yeah, for sure. I think that there's benefit in that. I don't know if, but it, it's like everything, right? If you're if you're the person that's dying, then you don't care about how many people you're helping. Yeah, exactly. Or like even if you're like close to said person like yeah. family or friends and you're just like yeah but you're like i don't care yeah i um did you um because i think i think when they first sort of i'm just looking at my notes here um 
So, okay, does this, do you think this has larger implications? To what degree are negative feelings and dissatisfaction caused by expectation? So like in terms of like what a little bit of the research that I found is they're saying that like the placebo effect, it has larger implications. So like, for example, like we cause a lot of like our own negative feelings, yeah. right? Like obviously there's, there's, there's um, like, if you don't want to be depressed, just don't be sad. Well, no, well then that's what I was saying is that, no, you little prick. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually saying that no, you're saying I, that. I'm just referring to another there's physio there's physiological like depression that's a thing yeah that is 100 percent a thing yeah um but i think that like if you're you know what i mean if you if you don't like your circumstance are you are sort of stuck in the mud and you don't like the the mundaneness of your life and it, it, it's all like i i think that it's it's a very exciting sort of application because it's like we have our expectation shapes how we feel oh yeah i agree Hundred percent. Like, um, I remember somebody. Oh God, I can't remember where I first got this from, but they were talking about like if you're going into a situation and you're like extremely nervous, there's really no reason for you to be because you're basically putting yourself through it twice. Yes, which, like, I've heard that too. Makes like I heard that and I was like, "Ooh, bitch!" I was like, "I'm not gonna take that into my life. I'm still gonna be nervous as fuck." But that makes mm -hmm. so much sense. Mm -hmm. um, I heard. I heard some, uh, I heard a mindfulness, uh, uh, someone who was doing a guided meditation and they said like, okay, like we're talking about, for example, like, let's say you're getting your tooth pulled next week. Right. And you're worried about how much it's going to hurt and you're, and you're anxious about it. And they're like, they said to you, okay, are you in pain now? No, I'm not. Well, then why are you going to put yourself through that pain now and then go through it again in a week? Yeah. Yeah. I think if I ever get like a surgery, I'll just like break my hand before it. And they'll be like, why'd you do this? And I'll be like, well, because I mean, you said like I should put myself through it twice. You're repairing my hand already. It's already going to be repaired. I might as well just break it because I if I get used to this pain, it's not going to be as painful in the future. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, you should definitely use that strategy because you could. Uh, yeah, the only surgery I should I do that getting... with my head and then I can fix my hairline. The only the only surgery I see you getting is maybe to fix your face. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. You should come with me. A little duo action. I'll fix my forehead. You fix your nose. <laughs> I knew that's where you're going with it. <laughs> you fucking dropped the first one, bitch. Yeah, yeah. I just rallied off of it. Yeah, I guess. You know what we didn't do this episode? We didn't what? talk about if anything exciting happened. Yeah, because we wouldn't have talked about any of the fucking subjects if we did it like last <laughs> this time. This episode would have just been like, oh, hey, bitch. You're like, you're like, you're like a child. Where like, you're like, hey, shiny thing. And then you like talk for half an hour. You know, those, uh, those scenes in movies where it's like, I'm talking and then like, it'll like fade into a new frame, but it's still, I'm still talking. And then it'll fade into a new frame, but I'm still talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's literally, that's, that's what it's it like, would happen. Yeah. It's like, it's like you as a baby and then you as like a middle-aged person and then you as an old person just like talking the entire time. Yeah. Even like as a ghost when I'm dead. I'll still be talking. My mouth will still be moving. What do we have for running time? Hour 32. Okay. So should we do the, of the, of the, yeah, of the session of the session. You got any? Um, hmm. Hmm. 
Fuck. This is, I mean, thank God we can edit this. Imagine if this was live. I mean, I'm sure if this was live, we would have people like commenting ideas. So we could just like, hey. <laughs> hey. 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 Have we done candy? No, let's do that. Okay. That's my idea then. You still have to think of one. Fuck. I'll go first though. Okay. Um, so favorite current candy versus all-time favorite, I guess, is what we're yep. doing. So yep. all-time favorite for sure is Sour Keys. Okay. Do you want to hear a story that happened like last week? Oh, God. It's not. Okay. It's going to take two seconds. So I have Sour Keys right now. They're right here. And I was chewing them. And then all of a sudden, I, I had something crunchy in my mouth. And I was like, what the hell? So I spit it out, obviously. And then I saw like this like kind of like whitish stuff with some metal. And I was like, that's... I was like, why is this happening? Like, why is this, th this a thing? And then... I like started scoping out with my tongue, like my teeth. I have a chipped tooth now because my filling came loose and it took out part of my tooth with it. Jesus. Yeah. So you should sue them. <laughs> <laughs> what the dental company or the sour key company? Sour key company. But, uh, I would say, yeah, my all time favorite would probably be sour keys. It, it's difficult because like, it's like the candy versus chocolate thing. Wait, should we just do candy? You could do chocolate. You could pick chocolate for yours. Oh, uh, if we don't, if I can't pick chocolate, I'm fucked. No, 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 no. I mean, like, um, all-time fave and current oh, fave candy, and then okay, yours is all-time yeah, fave yeah, and current yeah, fave yeah, chocolate. Okay. That. So, yeah, all-time fave candy, sour keys, current fave candy. I'm just going to go off of what I'm craving, because my current fave would still be technically sour keys. But um, I guess right now, um, you know Swedish berries? Yeah. I, I'm kind of craving those. Those those would be kind of good right about now. But what about you for candy? So... All time favorite, I'd probably go Jolly Ranchers, like the hard Jolly Ooh. Ranchers. Mm -hmm. um, current... What's your favorite? Sorry, what's your favorite Jolly Rancher? Uh, probably green. The really? sour okay. apple one. Okay. The apple one. Mine's the blue by far. Blue? Okay, I thought you were going to say red, like some basic bitch. Red's um, my second. Fuck, damn. Uh, red's my second too, as long as it's not your fave. Um, all time or current fave, I'm going to go Fuzzy Peaches like some basic bitch red's my second yeah i'm same my second too but <laughs> fucking bitch all right chocolate i'll go first for chocolate okay. um uh all-time do you know what my all-time fave is you should because i've said it many times i don't remember but you have said it many times should i give you a hint just fucking tell us the hint is nougat I wait got is it. it is it i think i got it I is think it I got nougat it. or is it nugget nougat it's nougat? Okay, cool. Yeah. Mars? Yes. Oh yeah. Thank God. Oh yo. Um, yeah, that's that's my all time favorite. My current favorite, again, I'm just gonna go off of what I'm craving right now. Probably caramel. Or like uh even like Hershey's cookies and cream. I remember when we were talking about our favorites and we weren't thinking of that, but then I said it and you were like, Oh, that's mine and I was just like, You calm down. Calm down. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All-time favorite since you spoiled is Hershey's cookies and cream. <laughs> you didn't need okay. <laughs> how is that your all-time favorite and when we were listing our top five this is a couple months ago you didn't even remember her she's a cookie there's a lot bitch. of chocolate don't yeah, fucking all-time favorite are you kidding me that's like the I, mars is always what i remember first because it's my all-time favorite current favorite you're gonna hate this wait i am gonna hate it yeah can i guess it okay um okay i'm gonna have okay don't say if it's uh like don't say yes when i say it i'm gonna have three and if it's one of the three just say it's one of the three okay so Reese's O. Henry Snickers. Is it's it one? one of the three. Is it Reese's? No. Is it O. Henry? Yeah. I would always give my mom the O. Henry's whenever we went trick-or-treating. Throwback to trick-or-treating. I miss free candy, bitch. 
I would have taken so much advantage of that shit. Now. Did you hear this year you couldn't get like blowout uh, Halloween candy the next day? Wait, like what do you mean? Okay, you know how you you always like the day after oh, Halloween. Oh, like from Walmart. Yeah, like, oh. day after Halloween you go and it's like fifty percent off. Yeah. Like they were sold out. Like there was no leftover candy because of all the shortages that are going on right now. Good lord. Yeah, my yeah. Apparently, my sister went to like a bunch of places, couldn't find any. Did you hear about? Um, I got a, a notification on my phone the other day that like Doug Ford was hiking up. Like the, the I think he's the uh, premier of Ontario. He was like hiking hiking up the minimum wage to fifteen. Oh really? I thought they were already at fifteen. Personally. Well, I don't honestly don't think it's gonna do anything. And then and then something came up today that he um he was saying that he's not gonna enforce anything for like mandatory vaccinations for hospital workers. Well, you, you, well, in terms of the minimum wage thing, um, I think it's good, but I don't think it's gonna do anything. I don't know if it's like the perfect time to, because of course there's like so. Everyone's making a big deal of like inflation issues. If you think this is an inflation issue, then you have no idea what basic economics are. There's supply and demand issues. And when you're basically reopening the economy, this is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Inflation is uh, a lot of what it accounts for inflation is how much money the government's borrowing. Exactly. But like, obviously, like we're easing restrictions in certain places. Um, like this is bound to happen. This is going to happen if this is put in place, this is literally just like basic economics. Like, but yeah, people are making like a big deal out of it. And they were just like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is what's happening. Like, this is what you get. Like our economy is going to shambles. And I'm just like, sweetheart. But, um, sorry, what? I said, should we sign out now? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess we should. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll cover, obviously, some of these topics most likely in future episodes. We hope you guys enjoyed. Um, yeah, if you guys did, send us a follow at the Conversion Therapy Podcast on Instagram. And just go to their following feed, and that's our personal Instas, whatever. It's, a little, it's I'm too lazy to go into that. But anyway, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we will catch you next episode. Talk to you next week. Bye.